The galaxy is burning, brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Horus Heresy. Whether you're a warrior of the Legionis Astartes, an adept of the Mechanicum, or a mortal in a galaxy of madness, you'll find your place here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, broadcasting deep within the bowels of the Vengeful Spirit. Let's get this party started. Hello and welcome to the Remembrancers Retreat. This is our one year anniversary special. We got Austin, Caro, Dave, myself, Stephen, and William here today. How is everyone? Hey, yo. What's up, guys? My heart overflows with joy. No, it doesn't. You're in West Virginia. Cool. So. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying what we're all thinking. Yeah. I didn't hear what you said. I, I didn't either. Yeah, you just kind of cut out, so I think we just pretended. Damn! I'm super excited. Yeah. Hey guys, were you aware that Mars is a forge world? And there, there's some sort of like iron ring around it? Yes. I yes, had I no idea. Yep, biggest shit. You have been paying galaxy. zero attention to Heresy Grad School. Just saying. Uh... In the Imperium. That's, uh, yeah. Yep. It's between them and the, the Saturnite yards, isn't it? I know what you're talking about, though, Will. You're talking about the the uh, the picture of Mars with that giant, like, orbital ring around it. Yeah, it looks yeah. grossly disproportionate. It's, it's, that, that picture, that picture blew my mind. I actually posted it in the chat a while back. And I think, Austin, you were like, where did this picture come from? That's where it came from. Like, it would um, cause, if it had a scene. I'm sure it would cause gravitational rifts and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, don't, uh, does Mar- I don't think Mars has any oceans. I'll boil away. Not, not anymore. Or maybe if they were ever artificially added, then they got boiled away later. Now, hold on. I thought Mars was an in-ground pool. At one time, before the Age of Strife, that they had terraformed Mars into a vibrant green world. Yeah. And then yes. they fucked it all up again. Yeah, red planet like, status for you, Mars. Whatever uh, terraforming stuff they had just got shot to shit during, I presume, either the war against the Men of Iron or Old Night itself. Yes. Yeah, I think it was a combination of both. I can't remember which which one spelled the doom, but I. There was that uh, short story Cybernetica where. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but he has to do something in the poles, polar regions, which are maintaining the magnetic sphere, um, which is, I think, gives that that story tells you what happened to Mars, I think. Oh, really? Okay. I will check Cybernetica. That out next. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. There you go. All, I want to know All right. So we have our year anniversary, right? Uh, so a bit of a rundown yeah. of what the episode's going to be. We're going to go into our year anniversary. It's not going to be a long spiel, guys. We wanted to do a year in review, but we figured it would make more sense to do that at the end of the year where we can go over the entire year in review. Uh, so you know, we'll say our thanks and how cool it is to have been around for a year. Uh, then we're going to go into a Primark debate. We got a special one on the chopping block today. I'll let you know when we get there. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Weekender that we just had, the Vigilus Weekend, uh, Central Class event, and then what else? We might have some Battlefleet Heresy stuff to talk about. 
Action packed. Pretty good episode. Excitement. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it then. So it's been a year since we first started this, right? Yeah. I believe the first recording was posted on November 28th of 2017. So in honor of that, we want you guys to go back and listen to that first one. Oh God, and how poorly produced no. it was. And <laughs> just, Oh man. Dude, I actually listened to it like about a week ago. And I was like, Oh man, we should, we should delete that episode. No, no, just man. delete our history. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, no, we'll get rid of it. And then we'll do. Steven, it's on the internet. It's going to stay there forever. We'll, we'll record it and remember to remastered. There you go. Remastered edition. <laughs> it really will just be the Maybe with the uh, director's commentary. Yeah. Oh, here's <laughs> where we uh, didn't realize we cut out silence automatically from sound editing. Yeah. <laughs> here's, oh. This is from when before Jared got an actual microphone. That was, yeah. I was so nervous when I was editing that first one. I was cutting out every uh and just almost little, every tiny pause in that thing. And it sounds so mechanical and artificial. Oh, it's okay. so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I remember I spent like two hours editing that thing too, or maybe more hours. Like I was going through uh, sifting through every single little bit. It was horrible. It, you add a little auto tune on somebody's voice. You're like, all right, now they sound <laughs> a little bit happy. It takes a lot more to produce a podcast. than I think people think, right? So, I mean, we, we experimented with, many different platforms for many months, right? We were on Audacity and then we were trying to do, um, did we try to do a Skype one once? It was... um, We tried Skype. We tried several in Discord recorders until we finally found Greg that worked really well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of the, the big heavy lifting has all been done by Jesse. So always, you know, big props to him. He's not only the, the main host, he is also the engineer of the show. So, Jesse, I don't think you can have thanks. So. The guy that bought all the gear for the uh, live cast. Yeah, Jesse, how much have you, how many pieces of individual equipment have you bought? Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Says the woman that lives in the house with. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, don't actually tell it's us. It's taken up a yeah, lot. Don't of tell us how money. much money you spent. <laughs> Kara's here. <laughs> yeah. I but know it, way too much already, man. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a good amount. <laughs> it's dug into the hobby a little bit, but you know what? Honestly, I've had a blast doing it, and uh, yeah, and definitely also props to Patrick too. Like I know if you guys with the Heresy Grad School, like Patrick's been taking up the reins on that and doing all the editing on that episode as well. Oh, has he? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. lightening the load just a bit for me, which I definitely appreciate. So. And let's face it, what else would you have spent your nerd money on? Were Dark Angels? Yeah, yeah, Dark Angels from Forge World. Oh, wait. <laughs> Maybe some uh, transfer sheets? Yeah. Once you have your rules, man. Uh, Jesse, you said that it took, like, you said, like, two and a half hours to record, to edit the first episode we did? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was more than that, because I can't remember how long it was. I think it was, like, an hour and a half. How short have you managed to get it, like, pare it down to now? Like when you start it, editing the episode. It, it really depends on, I guess, one, for how long we actually do a recording. Two, how much we just completely go off the, off the rails and talk about <laughs> BS. Three, also depends on the audio quality, which almost all the time now is really good. Um, on a good day, if we do like an hour and a half podcast, 
I can get it done like half an hour. He's a machine. It's pretty cool. He's a, he's a sound adept. If you, for anyone who's interested in podcasting, there's an awesome app that I use on my iPad. It's the only piece of a uh, Mac equipment I have. It's called Ferrite Pro, and it is completely worth it. It is probably one of the most user-friendly audio editing apps I've ever used in my life. Like it puts Audacity to shame for me. It doesn't have all the features, but for what I need, it's perfect. So, Ferrite, give us free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that whenever we like push something on this podcast, we're not important enough to make any money off it. So it comes from the heart. I wish. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think this whole this whole thing started out like really as an experiment, right? It it still is. Um, you know, I remember walking into billiards one one morning and and. Uh, seeing will and this was like shortly after nova and i was like dude i was like you're like the 30k guy you know like let's like you get we got a strong community here let's let's make it stronger let's let's make a podcast and he was like you think so he's like uh i don't know and uh then jesse walked over and was like yeah i think we can make that happen and uh you know it just kind of it kind of grew from there it was painful at first though man oh yeah well, like we had we first suggested it we like before Nova, I think we were just kind of batting the idea around, and uh, everyone threw out ideas. And then, like a few hours later, we were just like, you know what? No, absolutely not. No podcast. <laughs> Too much work. That it was amazing. Like, like we were all like, yeah, we're gonna do it. Like two weeks before we did it, and then we realized, without really knowing what you're doing, actually recording a bunch of people on the internet at the same time is actually really difficult. When you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> I thought yeah. I like personally it was like, how hard could this be? It was really hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, wrangling the magic internet tubes to do what we want harder than it looks. But yeah, just uh, David was like, "Let's do it." And I was, I really didn't think it was going to work. I was figured that everything was already done, like the market was already saturated. People were already talking about like lore and that kind of stuff but i think we then we had our first like powwow where we gathered everybody together and we had like a two-hour sit down where we were like what are we going to do that's going to make us special and i think the uh i don't know who put it on the table but somebody put the uh doing the black book fluff not just regular black library fluff but black book mm -hmm. fluff uh and discreet fluff was a thing to do and um I thought I was like, yeah, immediately. That's nobody I think is doing like the discreet lore like that. Yeah, yeah, that that certainly get got us like um, I think started, and I think you know that evolved into Heresy Grad School, which is um, yeah. it's been a lot of fun to do, and then I think we've just had a lot of natural outgrowth from from that man will you you've got your own segment and uh yeah. so real quick selfless plug on that that is the first wednesday of every month artificer unplugged we just talk about hobby shop doesn't have to be 30k it's just uh hobby stuff where you paint and talk with other artists it's pretty fun just a little yeah. hangout yeah so yeah. i 
And I so, think, yeah, that's actually, I'm sorry, David, I don't mean to cut in, but yeah, Jesse then came up later with the idea of doing a network thing, which is where I think now you're seeing like individual standalone, um, heresy grad school episodes. You'll be seeing the artificer unplugged here soon, starting next year is when I'll actually start releasing them. I'm trying to build up a bank of episodes first. And, uh, I don't know, David and I may have a, uh, eighth edition, something in the works. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe uh but yeah no this is this is so good right so what i think i want you know i want listeners to to get from this right and this is a very quick 15 second plug is the remembrancers retreat is a 30k podcast but it's really more than that it's really it's i want it's really it's a, a network of podcasts right so you can you can dial in and you can get whatever you're looking for. If you want to deep dive into the lore, of the black books, um, then you can get that with grad school. If you want to do hobby hangout with Will and actually get on Discord and participate and be a listener as well as a participant, you can do that. Um, I know Jesse's got something in the works. It's going to be super cool, very narrative and cinematic. And I think there's just more content that's going to be really focused and then shorter right so you don't have to listen to two and a half hours of podcast and then try to figure out where the fuck in the podcast you are you can listen to like 45 minutes of something that you really want to listen to and then there you know if you want to check something else out you can explore that right and and steven and austin we've had on heresy grad school to talk about Battlefleet Heresy, but I could I could see those guys going off and you know doing their own segment. So I think that's I, I mean I think that's what the Remembrancers Retreat has really become. It's just yeah, sort of absolutely. umbrella, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything under the umbrella of Remembrancers Retreat, and then uh, yeah, just you're, I, I love that concept because then you, listeners are able to dial in. So like me, I love listening to Heresy Grad School. I don't like being on Heresy Grad School because I don't know anything. <laughs> so I'd much rather listen to it rather than try to sit there and go like, uh-huh, that's cool. That's great. You know, because then I just look like I'm shaking my head. Yes. Uh, but I'd much rather just listen to it on the drive in. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There you go, Jesse. <laughs> exactly. You are absolutely right. Yeah, you can just go to like... Rather than having like segments in a show that are timestamped, just go to a whole episode where you get just the content you want. And yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's great, and it's only gonna go up from here. I think you'll be seeing more of us doing our own creations and more content, all under the umbrella though. Still, yeah, I think it's gonna be good. And I know, uh, not to put you on the spot, Kara, but I know you were you were actually one of the original members of the podcast on episode one. You were there. Well, I was there breathing, but I don't think I said a lot. <laughs> you spoke. You used yeah. words. Yeah. I did. Oh God, I can't even yeah. remember. And you're yeah. you're sprinkled in every now and then, but um, I know in the future. No, we got Heresy Grad School, but I think that you're kind of interested in doing a little bit of a just Horus Heresy uh, book club. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, with the I'm just traveling so much, I can listen and read the books so easily. And it it would be nice to talk about them, but we'll see. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. If you were just like, hey, this month or whatever time, you're like, we're going to do this book. So have either read it or listened to it by this date, and we'll talk about it then. And that'd be... I would be all about Heresy oh, God, Book Club. Yeah, love it. 
I mean, it's it's better than Caro being like our uh, annual guest. Just you see her once every sixty-five episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think there were some other episodes where I was fairly talking fairly much, but yeah, we'll see. You were on a Heresy After Dark when we just yeah drank a bunch of whiskey. That was a good time. Yeah, that needs to be an annual thing as well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> please, please. Our balcony is always open. I'll just put the microphone out in the center and just uh, just let it run. Yeah, you, you put the microphone out and you put a little bottle of whiskey next to it and you just leave it for a few days and bird feeder. Like Dave will just climb up onto your balcony <laughs> <laughs> and start drinking the whiskey and talking into the microphone. So you are the one who's knocking on the balcony door in the morning you can't prove that <laughs> no one can prove that <laughs> oh gosh so what is this whole uh primark thing if you guys want to want to segue that was a great segue no i'm enjoying um, this one year anniversary circle jerk yeah yeah <laughs> it's so um, good <laughs> but uh so yeah what is what is this so, so this Wait. primark thing yeah so it came into being uh, a couple of weeks ago when, like, we, listeners, we all have, like, chats that we're on, as you do, and periodically, somebody says something about someone else's Primark, and just, the dogpiling is immense and instantaneous. <laughs> uh, and we and thought, mercy. you know, I would like to say shit about this in a public forum, because... That guy's Primark is the worst. Uh, and so uh, a couple episodes ago, we did one on Dorn because Jared, our Imperial Fist player, needed to be taken down a peg. Uh, and we've decided that we're going to do this for all the Primarchs uh, because it is, it's, well, I personally found it pretty amusing. Uh, but it brings <laughs> some things out because uh, we, there is a, a public defender, if you will, uh, if nobody plays that Legion, to sort of, you know, point out the flaws in our logic and otherwise explain why that Primarch is, in fact, not okay. the worst. So you do this on a scale, uh, of course, right? As any good person does. It may be an arbitrary scale, but you still do. Yeah. I'm assuming you judge based off of A, character, B, rules, Three. So, so this is this oh. is a purely fluff-driven. Oh no, 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 sir! We need a legit scale that we can grade these individuals on. And then, then we can the have scale, a but best or a, then we can have an, an end of the year review of the worst Primark we've done. Actually, an idea that Jared and I kicked around. Like, part of the prize of being lore master from 2019 onward is get to declare who the worst Primark is. <laughs> oh yes, please. Not the best. The worst. the worst. I mean, it's an arbitrary rule, but I'll allow it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to do it, because, like I said, 2019. So whoever Ooh, wins okay. the trivia yeah. contest oh. gets to... Uh, I can't just make up a rule that is obviously self-serving. Because, <laughs> first of all... That's how first of all, works. I'm contractually... That's how contractually, making up rules work, man. Look, I'm contractually obligated in such a way that I would not be able to fulfill my duty as lore master in declaring which is the worst Primark properly. Because the Sixth Legion is the best, and Steven I won't say a word against me. somebody to make fun of my Primark. Ferris Manus? Yeah. We'll, we'll get to him. Don't you, you worry. Don't, don't you worry. You can't make fun <laughs> of the dead, okay? 
Yeah. False. I don't Can need anybody telling me rules. False and watch me, Will. Alright, let's get into this. David, are you are you gonna defend Gilliman with me on this? I am. I am absolutely gonna defend. Okay. So yes. Steven, Austin, make your opening statements. First off, let's do the first two categories. Rules wise, Gilliman. He allows a single unit type to count as objective secured. This is awesome. You can make an entire landowner squadron objective secured. We can't, that is an amazing we rule. can't grade them on <laughs> rules because this yes, is a purely subjective can. contest. No. So and yes, also, also there's rule. been power creep, right? We'll all admit there's been power creep. But having scoring land raiders is awesome. So that's a five, all right? Having David, scoring land raiders David and I give him a five. It's a five. I'm sorry. It's a five. Five out of what? It's it's a five out of five. Out of fifty? Five land raiders. Five out of fifty sounds right. Five land raiders out of five. Raiders. I give Comma, him. I, I give, give him it. five land raiders out of four thunderbirds. Okay. What? No. <laughs> five scoring land raiders out of five scoring land raiders. Yeah. First of all, all right. land next raiders his score model. Isn't even his sp- model encompasses. What is going exactly on? I don't know. It's I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Time out. Time. Will, didn't you tell Stephen and Austin to make their opening? Statements. This is like the, <laughs> Wait a second the show rapid fire, okay? <laughs> Whoever yells louder is correct, all right? Listen, his model is perfect. He's got We're a great face, balls. excellent sculpt, and just all, his you're, you're pose is just out. as he it, is. He is standing there. Riding his at anybody he, who thinks otherwise is a complete lunatic. I, I don't understand why anyone could. I am completely baffled. I am baffled why anyone would think this is a terrible Jesse, problem. And I'm going to stop. Get <laughs> off Twitter. When when we did this last time, guys, because I wasn't on, right? So when we, when we did with when we when you guys did this with Dorn, like you, it was it was really just based on his lore, right? Yeah, yeah, this is, it, yeah it's the lore of who is the best primer. We can because have a, any man, very well. any man, his model still gets five out of four. Based on what the model looks like and his rules. Is whack and should get the hell out. Wait a minute. As a Dark Angel so, player, I completely agree. No, I disagree. I I got dire hands <laughs> because of Ferris's model. <laughs> Rule of cool, thank you. A dude two-handing a hammer was awesome. All right, let's get into the fluff of this guy. We know okay. he's a cool model. <laughs> we know he, scoring land raiders are cool. That's not what we're Steven, here to discuss. Steven, would you would you like to start off because I I have a, a beautiful coup de gras. Wow. Oh jeez! Wow. Where to start? On. <laughs> Roboot Gilliman, the most traitor of loyal Primarchs. Round one, fight! (laughs) So, Gilliman, first of all, is just... He's he's so naive. He just doesn't get it. What's all this bullshit about trying to make your Marines more human? They should learn how to be administrators and artists and... No! They're powered armored boy scouts with one job and one job. Oh, kill mutants, kill heretics, burn witches. Oh, also ants. So I, I would say this in, in um, I guess, deference to Rebute Gilliman. And so like not all Primarchs like landed on the same, you know, doorstep. Right. And so he landed in Ultramar and, um, you know, he had a pretty good run of it. And so what he learned from his father, Conor, 
was administratum and how to do good governance and how to defend an empire because that's what Ultramar was. Ultramar was an empire. It was an empire of 500 worlds. Like, you didn't have to conquer Ultramar, right? The Great Crusade didn't have to come into Ultramar and, like, do compliance. It was already done. Rebute Gilliman gave the empire half of the goddamn solar system just by putting his pants on in the morning. So if you want to talk about who the best Primarch is... Oh no, this isn't the best. Okay. Right. So so Gilliman, you know, by just basically being good at governance. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't So what ha- you're saying is, when the mail stops working for a little bit, you can panic, secede from America, and make your own country, and that's okay. Because that's essentially so, what he did. So, so I mean, yeah, didn't really have to conquer Ultramar. It was essentially just there. And yet, he wants to puff out his chest and act like he's gone out and done all this cool stuff. And, homie, you landed in, like, a rich, upscale neighborhood, having given to you, and then you got the nerve to shit-talk Angron. Come on. That's true. If Angron... If roles had been swapped... Angron would have been the undisputed lord of the five hundred worlds. G-Man would have been dead in an arena. And says, what do you have courage? What do you know of honor? All you've had to do is tally your victories and polish your armor. You don't have a hate machine buzzing in your brain. And you didn't have to And he probably had somebody else polish his armor system. for him. So, all right, all right so, I'm going to arbitrate this. I'm going to arbitrate this. Okay. Yeah. So, Dave, your response? Go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's a, it's, it's a really interesting thought experiment. Right to go down that rabbit hole and say, what if Gilliman ended up in you know New Syria and Angron ended up in you know Conor? Um, it's not what happened, uh, whether because the Chaos Gods decreed it or just that's what happened, right? Like the Primarch project went 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 awry. But the end of the you know at the end of the day, you're ju- you're judging Gilliman as a Primarch off of um, you know. He basically is the defender of humanity. Um, Which is why he just raised a full of... I'm arbitrating this, Stephen. <laughs> I still have my <laughs> three minutes, goddammit. Um, yeah, so, I mean, look, Gilliman had a plan for his prim- or for his, his uh, Astartes, right? No other Primarch had a plan for their Astartes. Maybe Dorne did, but really, Gilliman, above all other Primarchs, saw the end to galactic civil war. Because he grew up in a place where there was no need for galactic civil war. So he saw, you know, this gift from the emperor. And he saw these, you know, basically immortal uh, post-humans that could do governance, that could do good governance, that could be arbitrators, that could be um, peacekeepers, that could, you know, ensure the defense uh, of a of a galactic system and allow human beings to be human and do shit that people want to do like art and science and go fucking whatever do whatever right so I mean he's undisputably the best prime I mean there's no question about it like whether you like 40k lore or not like in 30k Rebute Gilliman is undisputably the best prime I rest my case. All right. I, okay. I'm going to uh, put the uh, nail uh, in the coffin. Oh, I'm sorry, Kara. 
So, I just want to say, in my opinion, Rebute is not the worst Primark. He's just the most boring Primark. <laughs> like, there are no oh, books no. where he is actually anything interesting or doing anything really cool so far. His logic or what he's doing is just, he's following the schedule, he's doing whatever he gets asked to. He does just not seem very interesting. The only kind of interesting spark so far I've gotten from him was after Secundus, where he showed the line, the one room, why he, where all of the Primarchs got together after the Great Crusade was done. Apart from this, he's just not interesting. There's nothing really cool about him, I think. So his most interesting act was showing his brother the place in Dad's basement. <laughs> That's how I feel about him. Yeah, he's just that not... is amazing, Caro. <laughs> it's, it's just what it... I feel like there can be no rebuttal. What do uh, you know with life? Well, I built a really cool table. Somebody yeah. else built a really cool table, and he showed it to other people. <laughs> yeah, it's just what are you doing with your life, Gil? All right, but let's talk about let's talk about. Hey, hey, okay, uh, Will oh, or David, sorry. do you have any uh, rebuttal to that? Uh, to building a table. Tables are really hard to build. I will say that. All right. Yeah. Uh, How many of you have hand-built tables (laughs) that can fit twenty people? Okay. I do have one. I do have one quick rebuttal. It's not really a rebuttal, but I would absolutely agree with Caro that Rebute Gilliman only becomes more interesting uh, as time goes on. That's all I have to say. Now, here's my thing. I would. I do have a serious uh, issue or reply to this, right? Um, what we're saying is Rabute Gilliman is basic, right? Um, and he's say, vanilla. Yeah, he's vanilla. He's basic. He's His marines bright. are vanilla. They're basic. We all know this. His marines are vanilla and basic, but they show how being vanilla and basic uh, can utilize special tactics within that if drilled properly, and you can utilize your legion to its fullest potential in most cases, as he was able to do with, what, 250,000 marines under his command. Um, that being said, Basic is a good thing. Basic is good because it's safe. You know it. You're familiar with it, and you know it's reliable. You know it's going to be there. If you always go get a caramel latte from Starbucks, or what? what is it, the spice pumpkin latte, right? It's basic. People call that basic. But you know what? Basic is good. The spice caramel no. latte tastes good. I, All right? You know it's going to be there around seasonal. Basic is good. I gotta play devil's advocate here. The only problem with basic is it can become predictable, and you can poison that pumpkin spice latte two months in advance. It's like this, yeah. yeah. Or blow it up. Basic bitch Gilliman's gonna order the PSL. Go ahead and poison it. (laughs) Yeah. Also, just just because something is basic and always works doesn't mean it's always the best thing to do. It's just always around. You'll always like it. And Jesse, you're supposed to be moderating this. You're not supposed to have. I'm an sorry. Opinion. You know, I'm a terrible that moderator. I, want, I just found that. I out want today. this thrown out. So there's one thing about <laughs> Gulliman that makes him undisputably the worst, as far as a tactical, strategic, even grand strategic thinker. This is, in my mind, a greater travesty than Dorn. Uh, giving such express orders to his sons that they couldn't take an extra 15 minutes to finish off the Iron Warriors. It's egregious. 
And here it is. Uh, and I'm going to read an excerpt here from Horace Heresy, Book 7, Inferno, page 65. Uh, this is talking about what happened to some thousand sons that weren't on Prospero when Prospero went down. So it says some of those detachments uh, fighting in the Great Crusade elsewhere in the Imperium were to be destroyed by their allies before news of Prospero's destruction reached. 2,000 under Centaur Rame of the Ninth Fellowship were, important and emphasis mine, slaughtered in their encampments by ultramarines attached to the same force. So let's Let's review for those of you that may be new to the heresy or the ultramarines something called the betrayal at Calf, which was something <laughs> where the word bearers butchered their way through. Stephen, you know the numbers here: a hundred thousand ultramarines. Might be closer yeah. to one hundred seven. So a hundred thousand plus ultramarines absolutely butchered by a smaller contingent of allies in their encampments. Now, G-Man in this book is completely flabbergasted. How did this happen? This could never happen. What's going on? He's actually in the process of censuring one of his precious Marines who's doing their whole practical and theoretical on fighting other space Marines because that shit'll never happen. Bitch, it done happened. It happened years before this. In exactly the same manner it happened to you. And, like, what the hell? Like, you, you just fell right into the exact same trap. You know? It, it's like a football team with the best runner, you know, who's got a good, like, running back having absolutely no idea how to stop the run. You guys have practiced it before. It happened. And yet, no. G-Man is absolutely, oh, God, I don't know how any of this could have happened. Marines don't kill Marines. You butchered 2,000 sons in their, like, camp, just like happened to you. You basic end of rent. Yeah, but nothing, nothing on the scale of Kalth had happened before Kalth, right? And Prospero, you, you know, the burning of Prospero uh, did not happen. And also, you're talking about the galaxy, and we're talking about galactic light years, and, and information doesn't travel, you know, as fast as you think, and there's heavy censure involved. But so you're telling me that ultramarines didn't butcher 2,000 members of their own without any G-Man having any knowledge of it whatsoever. No, I mean, I mean he probably did. Uh, right. I, yeah, he probably did. And, and so, but just as Russ did, you know, and Russ was there on Prospero. Um, but, you know, these, these, these were isolated events, right? These were the actions of a rogue chapter or a rogue legion. Which wasn't unprecedented, right? Because we know that. The, yeah, just one second, Stephen. So it wasn't unprecedented. Like, so the second legion, right? We know that they were lost 
and urged. And so it wasn't unprecedented, Austin. And so, you, you, you know, the blame that you put at Gilliman's feet, you put at every other Primarch's feet because the 2nd and the 11th Legions were lost and damned. And we know that, and it happened before. And I, I know we're going to probably, he's going to have his moment. God help you all. But uh, Russ definitely saw this coming. Uh, yeah. And was very about being able to fight other Marines. Uh, hell, Angron, the World Eaters, fought other Marines all the time. They're a little crazy, but they fought other Marines all the time. Uh, you're right. It wasn't unforeseeable that a Legion would go a little batshit crazy. and turn on a brother and what i what i'm using as my example is to prove not only is it possible for a legion because because let's face it like the ultramarines while not huge fans of like the word bearers seem to be pretty on like speaking terms to the thousand sons right like this isn't you know the i don't know pick pick your like it's not the friggin uh Death Guard or somebody that hates a thousand sons, right? When these ultramarines got the order, hey, those two thousand guys that you like called brothers, you need to kill all of them. That was probably pretty traumatic, and it probably got some wheels turning in the man, if this could happen to these guys who were like pretty chill dudes, could happen to anybody. And uh the fact that G-Man just like washes all attempts to figure out how to fight other legions or anything like that uh, is a critical failure as a leader and a primarch. Uh, and then to get jumped on so hard uh, in the same manner of attack that the legion had already perpetrated on somebody else just makes it worse. Steven, okay. I was hoping for a testify. But that'll, <laughs> I heard all right. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a, a subtle stoic. <clears throat> I was I, mean, I, I was stunned by your eloquence. Stevens I, is nodding I, vigorously over there behind his mic. I, I think that's I mean, Austin, that's the same blame that you could lame at all of the loyalist Primarchs feet though, right? So it's not Rebute Gilliman who's alone in this. It's it's literally every Primarch that hasn't already consorted with demons and chaos and is not except a, for Russ. Uh, yeah. The only Primarch did it. This point that Austin making is Gilliman's the only one, like, went and and beat up other legionaries. He's the only one that did it. And a few years later, we're like, what? It's happening to me. So I get it. I get it. What you're saying is like Gilliman should have been more on watch. He should have been more on guard. Right. So like the rebuke that the Emperor gave Lorgar and you know, the word bearers like that should have given him pause on Kalth when all the fucking word bearers were like lining up on mass in Legion in orbit. Right. He should have been more on guard. I get it. Right. So le- legitimate criticism to lay at his feet. However, right. This, I think this exposes Gilliman's um, human side, right? He's, he, he wants to be human. He wants to forgive. Lorgar, he wants to believe that Lorgar is a better person, better Primarch than he already is, right? Or than than he actually is. And so the so Kalth 
is essentially the the calf is the grounds for reconciliation, right? So like Gilliman did not want to go down to Monarchia and just beat the shit out of Lorgar and his legion. Like like Gilliman was ordered to do that by the Sigilite and the Emperor. I'll the point em- out that when there was a discussion on whether somebody should go and beat the shit out of Lorgar, even Lehman Russ was like, no? <laughs> no, they were just saying not to kill him, but, yeah. uh, but just sanction him instead of killing. I think in, in response to Dave's, this shows Gilliman's humanity, I would have to say that it actually shows Gilliman's separation from humanity and almost hurt her natural naivete, because if there's anything that human really good at, it's holding grudges and watching their backs against future betrayals. Gilliman, you're so good at being an administrator, and you're so good at setting nice, compliant worlds that are just perfect every way. How do you not expect some form of resentment to fester parts of people that you just like, ha get hit with my perfect hand, bap. Like, you go down, you blow up a city full of innocent Imperials, yeah, and then you're like, eh, yeah, the word bears, they're, they're totally. Potent. You're showing your legion, they did evacuate. Uh, but I would make the other argument, that if he indeed Kauth is a G-man showing his humanity, that's, that's not his job. He's not supposed to be human. He's supposed to be better than that in infinite ways, right? And like human is why the salamanders kept getting their shit stomped. Right? Like, being human sounds great, and if you're human, you know, that, that's who we are, it's what, what happens. But he's meant to be better than that, right? Uh, it, it's like a general still acting like a corporal, right? If you're a corporal, acting like a corporal is fine and is how you live your life can't do that as a general right like yeah, it'll get people yeah killed. but you know Cow. but this is like you know you're 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 talking about paranoia on the level of um yeah i mean like <laughs> like this is this is still early on man this is kalth you know istvan hadn't happened yet you know or it had but it hadn't filtered to kalth and you know, I mean, these are th- this is this is the death of innocence, right? I mean, this is where the primarchs lose. Yeah, innocence you was know. already dead with the age of strife. Like, uh, all, all good feeling, happy, fun time, and rainbows went out the window when the men of iron rose. But the but the primarchs or, the primarchs didn't live through that. Or just the fact that they already killed off well killed off one legion where they who they knew about and actually knew the names and stuff, but never mentioned again. I would also contest as losing innocence. Yeah, and I mean, you could make the argument, you know, we don't know how the second eleventh went out, so maybe it was just something catastrophic and horrible that nobody thought would ever happen again. Maybe the Ragdan got them, or, you know, they all fell into a black hole, or who knows what the hell. Uh, but at the end of the day, Prospero happened, right? Like, you know folk are getting sanctioned. You know folk are getting sanctioned you've sanctioned people and you know that that tends to make fingers twitchy right like if you know anything about history uh once the government you know once stalin starts executing generals 
everybody starts eyeing each other real close. And the fact that, like, yeah, okay, so the Legion that hates him more than any other Legion shows up in a feeling of brotherhood, and you decide to take it with open arms. Like, I, I don't personally forgive that as a strategic error, but I can see somebody making it, but but he's just so damn surprised. Like, what? We That people are murdering each other all over. Like, you've murdered people. You've murdered 2,000 Marines that you thought were friends, at a minimum. And you can't wrap your head around your shit's getting pushed in just like, you know, you did unto others. It's getting done unto you. Figure it out. Have some contingency. Your only job is to be a soldier. And if he he had actually taken that seriously, maybe he would have had plans. All right. So he's garbage. (laughs) Jesse. Uh, So, um, first I want to applaud you guys because, uh, we went, we've been talking for maybe about 15, 20 minutes and not a single mention of Imperium Secundus. So well done guys. On all fronts. Oh, yeah. That's, I can't believe that wasn't your go-to thing. <laughs> I was really surprised. Touch. But um, I, I did any, briefly uh, mention that when I when I said that, you know, people start stop delivering the mail and suddenly you decide to make your own country. <laughs> oh my god, the internet is out. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. The internet, the Wi-Fi. <laughs> my my internet is down. Let's Start a whole new country, right? <laughs> don't tread on me. These colors don't run, etc. That is exactly okay, now, what Jesus did. Back up, back up. Okay. If the internet went out and your neighbor came over with a gun and stole food from you and said, it's the end of the world, motherfucker, and then you never saw him again, would you then maybe think? And keep in mind, you've also seen <laughs> your other neighbors doing this to each other as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happens is you start putting two and two out, together. Would you be able to put you two heard and two together that Maryland like, oh, started is the end of the world. You heard, you know, California started a war with Oregon. You can't get out of the state, and you decide, you know Test what? Me, Rather than wait for this hurricane to go by and uh, ask the White House what they want to do, I'm gonna just start my own country with no, blackjack again, and hookers. You're wrong. This would be like. If all of a sudden West Virginia invaded Virginia and the U.S. government didn't intervene and you'd be like, all right, well, fuck, I guess we're making our own country then because goddamn government isn't going <laughs> to save us. None of these are really good. Uh, no, they're not. Nowhere near. Stopping to make Imperium Secundus uh, instead of like, you know, getting his shit together. But I mean, yeah, keep I in mind, he knows he knows Imperium Segundus was a bad idea. Okay, he has all those records expunged later in his life. He hides all that shit in vaults, so nobody ever again. Remembers. He hides all of his shame. This is only, exactly only in retrospect. Look, the the, the no, are you not allowed the, to grow as a person? Let me ask you that, Austin. If you are you allowed mistakes? to forget your mistakes so you make them again and suffer the consequences? Yeah, imagine if they get across the Great Rift and find out that all the planets on the other side have just, like, banded together and made another Imperium. Because, oh no, the internet went out, better start our own country. I'm surprised Gillum hasn't done that already, because isn't Ultramar on the other side of the Great Rift? Or did he remember, like, mm, last yes. time I did this, it didn't work out so good? I thought you read Dark Imperium, Stephen. No. It was a while ago. 
That's what I'm talking about, Will. I wonder about a quarter in through. How Glenn would react? I've been listening. If you get across the Great Rift and he finds, like, whole other countries, is he just going to be like, huh? Well, you know, you had to reason. He didn't. Or is he just going to win his sword? Nope. This is a bad idea. It's never been done before. Would anyone do this? Heretics, all of you. So this is a 30K podcast, but for those of you that would like a 40-second millennia perspective, uh, I'll give you this. Spoiler alert. Gilliman actually learns from his mistakes. Believe it or not. Until further evidence. Sorry, Khan. You're not the most human anymore. (laughs) I, I still am firmly on team being the most human is not a good thing for a Primarch. Agreed. And so does Gilliman. Gilliman agrees with that as well. And yet he's just got to get 100,000 Marines killed. What you're doing, first off, real quick, I want to say, what you're doing is judging a toddler at the level, (laughs) like, this would be like if we judge Steven as he was at the age of 10. Like, that fucking idiot can't do anything. To be fair, as David said, this is a 30k podcast, so it's kind of it hard to uh, to judge Gilliman in the 42nd millennium. This didn't happen yet. Time is fake. Ah. Ah. This is purely on him as a heresy primarch. He is absolute garbage. I'm he so is you know what? so you know what? vanilla. Yeah. I agree. Imperium, because Imperium is a developed, idea. We all know it. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Gilliman knows it. All right, well, Will has yielded the field, so uh, I'm going to call that a victory. Yep, killing the worst until further notice. I do. I, has anyone read the uh, that uh, novella that just came out? There's an Ultramarines one and a Dark Angels one. That's the, like the prelude to the Horus Her- uh, prelude to the Siege of Terra, and I can't remember what the Ultramarine one oh, is. The, the Ultramarine one's about feel, right? This I have no oh, clue. You know what? You know what? No. No, there, it's, there's two of them. Yeah. There's it's each one. I put my yeah. foot down. Dark Imperium starts off in the Horus Heresy. It is a Horus Heresy <laughs> book. Okay, oh, you're right. <laughs> Actually, you're right. Will. God damn it, you're right, man. It's like saying that the Night Lords books are Horus Heresy books because Talos sometimes has to the Heresy. No, Stephen, it's not. It's or that one short place. story about uh, the word bearer that keeps murdering that Imperial fist over and over again. But I, I think this is what makes Gilliman interesting, right? Is that he's he starts out as this absolutely like fucking white slice of bread, right? Like he is absolutely <laughs> yeah. as milk toast as you can get. He's he one of the bread yeah. because <laughs> done wrecked it. You know, he's American standard bread. He is a fucking American standard fucking like whatever the dimensions of that piece of bread are. Like he is perfectly cut piece of white bread. But but I tell you, man, by the fucking time of the like you guys, Bobby G is, is he gets he gets better and better and better and he is cool as shit. It's like a fine wine. To yeah. be fair, to yeah. be fair, living through a galactic civil war watching family will change a man. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he absolutely he starts out as the the kid that got everything and life is good and he just wants everybody to fucking practice art and go to fucking music school and you know, do their fucking PhD and everybody gets fucking paid to stay at home and be smart. 
and he ends up being like the most fucking badass dude in the whole galaxy. So it's a shame uh, it takes over ten thousand years for that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he's yeah. sleeping for like you know eight ten thousand years. Okay. Just wait till yeah. his big brother shows up and. <laughs> Yep, it's gives awesome. him the kiss of true love. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm not so looking forward to the uh, congratulations. You guys have all right. beaten David and I. You, you, <laughs> us both. All right. So here's here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Um, Austin and Stephen, give me a if some if you want to give some reference to why you think. Gilliman is the worst Primark. Give me a book or give me uh, anything you guys want to, for listeners to read up on and say, yeah, he is pretty horrible. Again, like Horace Heresy, book seven, Inferno, page 65. Okay. He and does the betrayal of Kalth and someone else and then is super startled when it happens to him some years later. <laughs> I would have to reference. Uh... A, a, just a minor Horus Heresy book, um, Betrayer, when he is fighting Lorgar. I and read that. Not Angron. a great one. And uh, <laughs> he and he and Angron have a very interesting conversation, and I want to spoil it for you completely. Uh, but it's very, it's like a perfect microcosm of what Gilliman is like as a Primarch compared to what Angron is like as a Primarch. Re Gilliman got to do cool stuff, and Angron did not. <laughs> All right. And uh, Dave and William, or Kara, do you have uh, anything? Any specific book? The problem for me with Gilliman is there is no book where he's really mentioned it interesting. He's mentioned for a short <laughs> moment in the beginning of um, oh, The First Heretic, where he yeah. just does what he's told to. And that's pretty much it. Yes, the fight scene with Angron is pretty awesome, but Angron is more interesting than Gilliman. And then maybe actually just the first book of um, the Imperium Secundus, because this is when he, the first answer of a little bit of interest started for me, and that's so far the only answer. Okay. And uh, Dave and Will, got any references to uh, for defense? So my first one would be obviously No No Fear. Uh, you'll get an idea of who he was as a person, and then pick right up with Dark Imperium. David, what about you? So I think what uh, Carol was saying is I would absolutely second this, and that is Unremembered Empire. Um, Thank you, you. that was the name. Yeah, you you have to read Unremembered Empire to understand who Gilliman was uh, and who Gilliman is and who Gilliman will become. And uh, man, all of those books are really good references. Plus, you get to see people scramble over, oh my god, where did we go? <laughs> Which is All a right. really fun chase scene. Cool. Well, that's another uh, Primark debate in the books, folks. So, up next, who wants to talk about a new Titan in 28mm, no less? Welcome yep. to the Warbringer. <laughs> yeah, Warbringer class. He's basically the T-Rex of Titans, right? <laughs> I first saw that picture. I saw that picture, Rude. and it was like a direct from the front. And yeah, it was like the the guns just did not look right on him. But when you look from the side, they look a whole lot better. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to look like a human. It doesn't have to. It's a it's a war machine, True. right? 
Um, so tiny arms, I mean, technically the arms aren't arms. They're, they're gun mounts, right? So that's fine. But uh, holy shit, that gigantic... What is that? Um, it's, like, it, it's, the more, it's the Mori Quake Cannon. Yeah, a Quake Cannon to kill Titans. Dude. I'm not entirely sure how the recoil works. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. With <laughs> I was thinking about that, yeah, too. Definitely yeah. tripod where he could like, me. <laughs> I can only assume there's some sort of, like, anti-grav magic going on. Um, you probably don't want to be outside on, like, the T-deck when, like, that shit That's because there's no let's railing. Just, <laughs> let's just say there's an adept praying real hard when that thing fires. <laughs> I do like it, though. Um... It looks cool. I can't wait for it to come out in Titanicus scale because I'm gonna get me one. You know what's happening? Uh, Absolutely. I am a little sad though because I ordered nameplates for all of my Titans, and now I got another one. I'm gonna have to buy. <laughs> um, but you know, you live yeah. and learn. Uh, I really like the fact that it has dedicated AA mounts. Uh, that's really cool because one of my like theoretical problems with Titan is that. You know, there's only, you know, at best, 100, 200 or 300 in a really big Legio. They're big, they're expensive, they're hard to maintain. And if I have a Thunderbolt and a pilot who's had enough of life, they just fly it right into one. End of story. Um, or you drop a fucking orbital strike wing of lightnings in and you fire off like 16 Kraken... Missiles, right? Turbo, turbo it penetrators. It only takes two thunderbolts yeah. and uh, one lightning to bring down a warlord yeah. titan. That is fact. Thank you, Nova 2017. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really like the fact that it's got some AA mounts, uh, you know, just in case. It's got those big beefy shoulders. It's adorable. Yeah, I can't those wait. Those flyers are coming for it. Absolutely. So, And yeah, those... Big armored shoulders to protect the gun emplacements on top. Super cool. I love it. And I love the little uh, uh, Mortarati and the little uh, uh, the ordinator. The, ordinator? The, the gunners. Yeah. yeah the the little gunners just peering out over the yeah. corner of that shoulder pad. It just looks so great. Have you noticed that there's a little telescope mounted? Yeah. On, like like yeah. on a gun whale? Yeah, like rangefinder. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I love the idea that. You see in, that, Warlord? I don't Malone, want to. They're still using. Telescopes. Well, that's not the that's not the primary means, right? But you know, one might expect <laughs> somebody's doing I mean, some uh, electromagnetic warfare against your Titan. There's a bunch of stuff kicking off. You know, sometimes you know, just like being in a real tank, you got to stick your head out and see what's yeah, going on. You know what? Never gives right? false ghosts. What if he's just up there bird watching? What if he's just up there bird? Look, a man's got to have a hobby you in know, his off time. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. I like how there's, and, and Will pointed this out earlier with just like the um, the lack of a of a safety rail. But then the more the mod, I realized there is absolutely no safe equipment whatsoever next to that uh, artillery piece. Like the there's shells no are rail, right no there like in the open. Back. Yeah. Look, there's no safety rail on a one five five, man. Be good at your job. That's well, all the, the Imperium titan, says. The titan is walking. It is in motion. Look, you get stories of guys on tall ships that are like jumping from rigging to rigging in a gale. Like, just get good. <laughs> get good. I, in the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only getting good. <laughs> right. Anybody want to speculate rules? I see six void shields on its back. 
Yeah. Okay. Don't take that into consideration because the Warlord has how many? Eight void shields on its back and it's only got six. Warlord has eight. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's got eight void shields on its back, but only has six in game. So uh, okay. by that logic, this thing will have four void shields. <laughs> how many does Reaver have? I mean, have? it's not a Reaver chassis. Uh, no, Reaver has four, so. though. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Reaver has four. This has six. And, and Forge World has said this is in between. A warlord uh, and a reaver. I, I would guess that it will have four voids, but that thicker well. armor plating makes me think it'll have AV front, uh, yep. and it'll be, you know, kind of fifteen in the front, maybe twelve in the back. There doesn't seem to be a lot of stuff going on. Or it might have the warlord's five up involved, uh, even after you get past void shields. Oh, what if? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, I I suspect that it will explode harder than other titans because I don't see a wet magazine. Oh yeah, it'll go up <laughs> super high. That is a big gun to blow up. Yeah, I wonder if the uh, I wonder if the Moderati there is a pro, or if he's just like <laughs> he lost his hearing long ago after the first shot. So I mean, we no, have he's, rules. He's got hearing. He can just turn it on and off because they're surgical implants. Hmm. So we have rules for the Mori Quake Cannon. It's it's actually one of the armaments that a warlord can take in um, Adeptus Titanicus, and it's it's pretty badass. I think Robbie was using it the other day when we played. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what he has. Um, in the right? Yeah. Yeah, and so it's um, it causes concussive, um, which you know in Adeptus Titanicus, concussive is brutal. Um, yep, we'll it can see. spin you around, it can knock you backwards, and most importantly for my four rounds, slows you down a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I uh, I wonder how soon we'll see this in a Titanicus. I bet you we'll see it by I'm summertime. soon, with auto Yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of expect it to be not, not the book that's coming out in January. Um, although maybe, maybe the January book um, but whatever book comes out after that, I think it'll be in. Because, like, all right, well, you've done... On. So if we think this thing will be released in Titanicus in January, or not, I'm sorry, not January, but, like, midsummer, right? Yeah, whenever Titan Death uh, comes out. Titan Death is out January, February. Yeah. Um, yeah, question. I do wonder, how long will it take, then... When 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 is this thing gonna go on sale? Because you know sometimes they'll they'll tease these and they'll wait exactly almost a whole yeah, year before I, the twenty eight millimeter goes on sale. I mean, how many times? How many times? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, let's see, if you're looking for oh yeah, the Warbringer Nemesis Titan and Weapon Arms will be coming soon. If you're looking for a new God Machine for your collection this Christmas, you'll be in luck. Okay, uh, Christmas. There you go. There you go. Okay. Good so go. probably in the next two weeks it'll go up on pre order then. Yep. Yeah, and and good. we'll get it's rules nice. for it. If they expect it to be wherever yes, it needs to be. We'll get rules response. in yeah. 30k and 40k for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm really yes. surprised about? Uh. The fact that we have not seen this at all up until this week, last week, and they're releasing yeah, they it within really a month. Keep it under the, under yeah. the, radar the rumor mongers have shat the bet on this one. Yeah, this is uh, pretty oh. impressive. Yeah. Obsec, man. Obsec. <laughs> like, they've they've been kind of garbage ever since the Hammer community got their got their uh, stride going yeah uh but this is kind of an embarrassing fail for them you know maybe, another, maybe they just don't pay a lot of attention to forge world i don't know i don't know another thing yeah, i like the really banners cool. on the guns 
And I wonder if that's something that we can start to buy or will, whether it'll come with a kit or Ooh, what, because yeah. that's pretty unique. Like you see it on, you know, by third parties, but this is the first time I think they actually. Yeah, you're right. Model. I don't remember seeing it. Like there's drawings and artwork and stuff, but I don't think I've ever seen it on a official GW model. Yeah. So you're hoping for some new stuff on that. That'd be really cool. Indeed it would. Hey, it's Robbie, by the way. Hey, uh, Robbie. Hey. Spook hey. the devil and he shall in. appear. I know, right? Um, that, that warmonger, do you know what it reminds me of? What? You know that, uh, that viral pic of the guy with the really, really big neck? Oh, the Photoshop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what is this neck meme you're talking about? I've never heard of it. Wait, you don't, don't know neck meme? Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, but I look at like all the armor plates, and it doesn't remind me of a T Rex. Like his his guns seem normal, and he's got a really big he's got a big neck. You're right, I mean, man. Yeah, that's, that's he's him like personified. Super on the neck, yeah. Titanicus. <laughs> Jesse, I don't want to talk to you no more. You're welcome. <laughs> but no, I think um, I think there's already rules for the Mori Quake Cannon for. The Warlord Titan in 28 millimeter, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Dave was uh, just talking about it. He was well, saying no, that you were using. No, 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 28, 28. 28. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. I'm pulling up the Warlord's rules right now, so I can here in a second. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's. It's, there just never was a model like to represent the. But I'm pretty sure it's it's an option to take on a Warlord Titan. Um, Mori Koik Cannon. Here it is. Yeah. Uh, range 24 inches. Two three hundred and sixty. Uh, it is a <laughs> apocalyptic blast weapon with concussive strike down, uh, seismic shock. Uh, it looks like it has three tiers, kind of like when the um, <clears throat> like when a super heavy explodes. Uh, being center is uh, strength D, middle is strength nine, and the outer ring is strength six, AP three in all instances. Uh, seismic shock. Units which suffer wounds or hull points lost from this attack may only move at half their usual maximum, may not run, charge, or go flat out, and count as being in dangerous terrain for the next turn. So oh, wow. it's a big giant earthquake gun. Oh, you see all those world eaters? Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Kill them all, and the ones that can't, that survive, can't charge. What's sexy about this for uh, people that actually own 28 millimeter warlords is guess what? You just got another weapons option. Yep. Yeah. You're welcome. Brought to you by Remembrance Retreat. We invented it. It's ours. We put it in the black book. <laughs> yeah. All you gotta do is buy two of these and then put it on your warlord. Oh, you know what, dudes? I just thought that main gun may not be sold with it. It may come where you have to buy the arms and the top mounted cannon separately. You think maybe they'll put other weapon mounts on? I mean, oh, it's Forge World, dude. I mean, it's possible. I mean, you know they always like... It's hard to say, because if you look at the gun... I mean, look at the Tau... The, the Taunar thing, the big Super Tau Titan. It's it's yeah. got the top-mounted guns, and they sold those separately, too. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, um, there's a lot of mechanisms on have, the top uh, of this thing. I don't know if it would be separate or not. Yeah, didn't the Tau guns, though, you had a variety? 
right? It wasn't just the one type of gun. Right. Well, put a what couple if different things a on variety? Top. What if they? Well, you could just replace the. Uh, you could replace a warlord list of weapons. You could put a vortex missile up there. God, I would love a vor- well vortex missile up there. There would be there. kind of a waste. But yeah, you could. You could do some stuff up there. I really hope it comes as <laughs> peace. Bro, what if you could get a Sun Fury on top of that thing? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. See, they may not sell the Quake Cannon with it. I'm just saying it's an option, guys. Be aware that it may not happen, right? I mean, I bet when it gets released, the Quake Cannon will come with it, you know, until other options are available, and then they'll probably start selling them separate. Yeah, so. drop the price. Drop the price by a hundred bucks. Sell the gun separately for hundred and thirty. There's no precedent of that, though. So that would be the first time if it did. Hey, it's a, it's as much of a possibility, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's it could be like a Titan, like a Titan bundle where they sell. When it first gets released, they just don't sell the Titan by itself. Bundle that has the Titan and the gun. I don't know. They. W- I think that what they're going to do is revamp the rules to the Quake Cannon and then sell it as is with that package. Because it does, when you look at it, it doesn't look like it's set up for any direct fire heavy weapon. Like that Quake Cannon, like it's aimed up, you know, like artillery. And then you've got the, you know, like the supporting guns to protect it. Like, I don't see a Bellicosa being mounted up there without it looking kind of ridiculous, you know. Maybe they'll put an aircraft platform on there, and you just oh, dude, what? What if? <laughs> what if you could land your jets and like on a on put a, your Arvis slider hey, on top? An actual thing for two plus, they get a whole point. Warlord Titans back yeah. in the day, right? Uh, the Warmonger is, has like uh, yeah. aircraft catapults on its back, and it's just here you go. <laughs> yeah. You could have on. a uh, observation, like Arvis or something, or uh, sure. a little lightning to provide some air cover. It was adorable. Hey man, anything's yeah, possible. But they also I'm, I'm had like power fists full of terminators. So Which I pray God they bring back to Titan. Yeah, what's not cool about a, a power fist full of terminators fist with fucking mega bolts are bolted to the top. Yeah, I know which one I'd rather have. Yeah. Plus it's totally stolen. You gotta you gotta you gotta feed you gotta feed the terminators and stuff. That's like a lot no, of you don't. They yeah. can survive in their own armor for thirty days. It's true. Also, they used to make a warlord head with a Jay Leto chin for headbutting people. <laughs> True story. Oh, yeah. Titanicus and Epic. The days of so, your um, are, are we You want to segue to the next one then, Jesse? I think this this permanent. <laughs> All right, I, I will take uh, a moment to say goodbye because I, I must depart. Okay. But it was lovely, gentlemen. And uh, I will see, hopefully, all of you Saturday. Yes, yeah. sir. Sounds that was a good segue. Yeah, that was a good ya. segue. What are we doing Saturday? Well, <laughs> Saturday, guys, we have our Center Klaus Rises. Yep. It's our third annual Christmas game. This is true. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Center <laughs> Klaus. Once again, threatens all of life in the D43 as we know it. His jolly demeanor, simply a guise to his true intent, of which even Zinch does not know. Hidden in a void pocket within the warp, unseen by either the Imperium or the Chaos Gods, he plans and schemes. 
He makes plans against the War Master and the Emperor. With a heart as cold as ice and a newly obtained power to raise the dead, will either side survive the coming holiday season? Man, Santa Claus is an asshole. He is. <laughs> so, dudes, this is our annual Christmas theme game. Um, we have a special uh, four-sword chart for it, uh, a couple new rules added, and it's a mega battle where we do our gift exchange. And if you did participate in the Secret Santa, you get to play your Secret Santa prize or uh, exchange gift for free. A lot of fun. Which is always cool, because, you know, sometimes you get a knight, sometimes you get a castle on, you know? Who knows? That's right. <laughs> sometimes you yeah. get both. Indeed. So, this four-sword chart that we use is called the RVA 30K Mega Battle Roster. All right? It's just proprietary. I put it together for this, any sort of Mega Battles we do, right? Because I want to start excluding... Or, I'm sorry. I want to start including more players. So sometimes we get players come in saying, I only have 500 points or I only have 1,000 points painted. You guys always require fully painted. Can I still participate in Mega Battles? Yes, absolutely. Maximum for this event is 2,000 point. Minimum is as long as you can fill the minimum requirements. So what is the Mega Battle roster? It is 1 to 3 HQs. 1 is minimum. Troops is 1 to 6 troops. One compulsory. Elites is a zero to six choice. Fast attack is a zero to three choice. Heavy support is a zero to three. And lower war is a zero to one choice. So you only need to bring one HQ and one troop compulsory, right? But here's the off trade for it. To bring a duplicate type of unit entry. So to bring a multiple unit entry, say you want to bring two tactical squads. The first tactical squad you bring has to be maxed out to its full unit size of 20 Marines before you can bring another tactical squad. All right? Very simple. What this does is it eliminates dedicated transport options, obviously. That's a restriction, yes. But we're going to see a lot more boys running around on the floor for this event, hopefully, then. Less like Rhino spam and that sort, or drop pods and whatnot. So, but I think Will, it's going to be you basically don't possess enough to round, but your list has two. What do you mean? So, like, my serrated sun list. I run yes. two units of seven, seven veterans. Uh, would I need to fill out the one first veteran squad? Of veterans will need using... to be pulled up to ten, and then okay, you can so using all the all the veterans in my four. collection. Then, yep, I see. All right, makes sense. David, hey, you had a question? Yeah, I did. I did. So, so Primarchs, do Primarchs fill a HQ choice or a Lord of War choice? That would depend on the right of war you've taken. If you take your standard right of war, they'll go into Lord of War. If you take the uh, Primarchs Chosen, he goes in the HQ. Okay, and the Primarchs Chosen, you only have to field then a compulsory troop choice? So it would be one HQ, which would be yep. a Primarch, and one troop choice, which could be either standard troops or leave Primarchs chosen lets you field elites as troops. Uh, it's Terminators and Veterans. Terminators and That's veterans. right. Veterans. That's right. So you'd have to bring a squad of that. No, I love it, Will. I think it's great. I think it, it lets people that want to get into the hobby come and play in our tournaments and our events. And uh, 
look, you got to meet the minimum payment requirement, pay the hobby tax, and uh, come out and have a good time. I that's think that's it. all. Just pay yeah. the hobby tax. Yeah. Pay the hobby tax, one HQ, one troop. Hey, you want to get into our events? That's fine. Paint up one custode as your shield captain, and then paint up three other custodes as your troop choice, and come join us. I'm just saying that's bare minimum, right? Four models would all be yeah. you have to paint to participate in our mega battles. And really, it's not about the game. I think the game is tertiary for us. Really, it's about just hanging out with everybody, the hobby. Because th- this Christmas event is the gift exchange. It's also the... Um, uh, Steven, help me out here. What is it? The trivia? trivia. Yep, yep, trivia. That's trivia it. Trivia contest. Um, which, on that note, uh, there's there's been a post about it, but just want to make sure everybody knows spreading the word as widely as possible. Normally, we do the trivia event after the game. It's what we've done the past two years. This year, we're going to do it before the game in the time that is generally set aside for quote-unquote pre-gaming. Uh, next door at Billiards, starting at 11 o'clock. We are going to be there getting some early beers, maybe some sandwiches. Who knows? Whatever you want. We're going to be doing trivia. Uh, so come to Billiards at 11 o'clock. Be ready to win a $50 gift card and major props. Wow. You said a fifty dollar gift card to um, Target. It's a, well, it's Walmart. <laughs> it is a fifty dollar <laughs> gift voucher to Battlegrounds. Nice, solid. So, that is solid. That is huge. Dunk so, fifty dollars straight into your store yeah. credit, and then maybe you can buy like I don't know some cool stuff. Blackstone's out now. I don't think you wow. Blackstone for fifty dollars, but you know. You could do it for $50 cheaper, which is still pretty significant. That's true. That's true. You could reduce Blackstone's cost by a whole one-third. Very good. Um, This this, uh, narrative event, again, back to it, we do have special rules I want to cover and make sure everybody's okay with and understands that before they come out, along with the maximum unit size before bringing a second unit entry of that type. Uh, there are some special rules. So the first one is warp charge. This is all psychers roll a single dice based on their psychic mastery level. So level one gets one dice. All right. And a level four gets four dice. The controlling player then picks a power they want to roll. You don't have to roll for your powers. You just pick a power. And that's what your psyker has. On a single four plus, the power is successful. That's it. You can't be denied. You really, you you really want me to bring Magnus to this, don't you? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you are absolutely fucking asking me to bring Magnus. So, but here's the thing: you'll just get to roll a single dice based on your mastery level for the power, right? So there's no like pools or anything like that. He'll get to cast yeah. one spell. Yeah. Another psyker can then cast another spell. All right, based on their psychic level. So there's no pools so, or anything like that. Wait, so where does the four dice for a mastery level so four? So four dice. If you're mastery level four, you get four chances to roll a four plus. Um, okay, I got you. Like it's it. not rolling like four. T- okay, okay, okay. That's I'm cool. Up what you're putting down. Got it. Good. I'm glad we are all agreed on that. So You know, I have never played a Psyker at all in 30K. Maybe. Well, you might Maybe. be time to. I mean, the lion had to embrace the librarius. You should, too. Uh, next, we have Volley Fire. So should a <laughs> unit not move in its movement phase, it may double the range of its shots 
but at a negative one ballistic skill. So we had yeah. the last one, and I think people really enjoyed it because it just felt like it was a constant gun battle as well as a fist fight. I will definitely be putting that on my Melta support squadron. Sure. Yeah. 24 inch Melta guns, 48 inch heavy Meltas. Yeah. Oh, Will, question. Yeah. About the, um, the max size. Yes. Does that include vehicle squadrons that can be squadrons? Yes. Or it dreadnought does. towns that can be Ooh. Yes, it does. Okay. Cool, cool. Uh, next, we have Butcher and Blades. So, this is one we had from last time also. Uh, one model in base contact is considered to have the entire unit in base contact. So some people said this was kind of a good thing, kind of a bad thing. I'll take a poll before the event to see if people liked it or not. Um, it causes a lot of death very quickly, and models get removed. However, combat in that initial hit, let's say you have 20 Marines versus 20 Marines, well, they're all going to go at initiative 4, and each of them is going to get to hit, hit each other, so both players are rolling 30 dice or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. So sometimes it can bog the game down, but the idea, hopefully, is we're not going to have Jared there with fucking 80 dice rolling at a single unit. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Jared might take those Raven Guard again. I don't know. I don't know what he does. Point being, uh, We'll take a poll beforehand, see if we like it, see if we don't. So that's it. Um, we're using the most up-to-date fact and rulebook, and that's it. So Volley Fire, Warp Charged, Special Four Sword Charge, and Possible Butcher and Blades. Uh, do you guys have any questions so far that you, the listeners may have? Mm, last year, uh, Center Claus himself did some pretty crazy stuff. Is he coming back? Oh, he's going to be back. And I'm sure you heard the part about uh, being able to raise the dead. So, yeah, nothing. Bring apothecaries and hope your dudes don't die. Is all I'm saying. Okay. Oh man, what if, does that include Primarchs? Like if if some it Primarch might, gets maybe, punked, it might. I don't know. <laughs> oh no. Sinterklaas may have a whole army of undead by the end of it. Oh man, he's he's gonna bring Ferris. He's gonna appear on the table with Ferris. Special so, yeah, guest star. I think it's going to be a. Uh, I think we'll still talking to you, Stephen. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I love these things. They're always so out there. Um, and Center Klaus last year was able to summon demons, and he was able to do hit and runs and attack it. And to die to lidless stare. Die to lidless stare. <laughs> it happens, man. He, well, he didn't die. He just disappeared back into the warp. That's all it was. He, he was removed from removed from play, baby. Mm. But yeah, it should be well, fun. And with that, that's me, man. I, I got nothing else for the cast. I, I'm all out. Well, thanks, Will. We're definitely oh, going to be looking. No, for- no, oh, no. I mean, I'm not oh. leaving the cast. I mean, I, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> Just forever. Content. Okay. No <laughs> Will Swan song. Wait, uh, I do want to get the new Warlord. <laughs> Log off for Titanicus. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. the last thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And them little cute Serastus knights. <laughs> they do look pretty awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks. Definitely looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Most certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Can't can't wait the for that Secret Santa stuff. That uh, super fun. Oh man. Yeah, I super. think it. 
the secret the secret Santa is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think we opened it up this year to some folks that are outside of our immediate community, and the feedback I've gotten has been really, really good. And so maybe next year we'll do the same thing. And who knows, man? Just keep it going. The thing that I'm looking forward to about Secret Santa the most is that I forgot all three things that I asked for. Good. <laughs> Good. So Steven. it's going to be a big surprise. Yeah. 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 Awesome. But, uh, yeah. I already did the Secret Santa. My dude already got his stuff. I was super oh, nice. enjoyed about who I got and what I was able to do for him. So, uh, yeah, I love I it. I guess Thank this you means much, you weren't dude. my Secret Santa. Oh, shit. Uh, I guess I shouldn't have given that. <laughs> JK. It narrows down. Yep. One <laughs> no, out of one 40 down. other Only possibilities. Like <laughs> Dave, how many people did sign up for Secret Santa this year? So I, I have to go back and look, but I think it was like 30 something. Um, it was, yeah, it was big, man. We, we got some folks involved that we have loved hanging out with, right? So some of the Grang yeah, Legion guys. Yeah, exactly, right? And yeah, some of our real nice models. Some of our, you know, some of our brothers in arms up in Maryland and Pennsylvania, and like that's what I wanted. That, I mean, that's the best thing about this, right? That's the Definitely. best thing about this podcast and this Heresy Gift Exchange is that like we we get to connect with folks that we don't see every you know every day, every month, um, you know. Maybe once or twice a year, but uh, but this lets us keep our community um, together and strong. And so I think that's that's what's been the most fun for me is uh, y- you know trying to expand it. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome, guys. Fun. Absolutely, this is the most wonderful heretical time of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I think. Do we have anything else then, Jesse? Um, I know Stephen touched on this uh, like a week or two ago, but um, Stephen, you want to talk about the updates to the rules for Battlefleet Heresy? Uh, I would rather do that with uh, Austin. Totally understand. All right, scratch that. No, I have nothing left. It's been a pretty good cast, guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. very good. It's been a year, Type guys. On it. And I yeah. hope you stick around with us for the next one. Yep. I'm excited. Oh, I'll be curious. Uh, here as well, uh, dinner, Texas Day Brazil. Get your reservations in. Give me a head count. Actually, <laughs> it'll be too late by the time you hear this episode to give me a head count. It's going to so, be close. But please comment on this episode saying, "Hey, I'd love Texas Day Brazil." If you like Texas Day Brazil, yeah. It, you know what? Yeah, if you just like meat, for dinner. if you just like meat, comment meat. Yeah, raw Go there. meat, us. meat, rotten meat, living meat, or meat and greet. Oh, yeah. Yep. But no, seriously, uh, thanks to all the listeners. We're, I know we're a small podcast, but we're slowly growing, and it's awesome. So awesome to hear people message in, say hi, tell us what they like, tell us what they don't like. If you like us, definitely be sure to just leave a comment somewhere. Give some stars on iTunes because we really enjoy that. Um, and let your friends know. Like, if you really enjoy it, tell your friends. Because uh, I think we got something pretty special here. Who knows? It might get them into the hobby. You know what? If you have friends, steal their phone. Add (laughs) this podcast to their podcast 
without them knowing. And then one day they're going to look at their podcast and be like, what is this? I, I must have downloaded this. I probably like it. And then they'll just listen to it one day and be like, oh, this is good. I, I remember why I downloaded this now. Yep. You'll implant a false memory in their head. Inception. <laughs> cool. All right, and uh, with that, does anyone have anything else before we call it a night? No. See you I think Saturday. I'm all set. Nope. See ya. All right. With that, and we still do not have in-show catchphrase, so keep them dice rolling. Keep them dice rolling, baby. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. We'll see you again next time. Shredded wheat. <laughs> okay, bye. 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 Tschüssi.